Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. Welcome back to Diverse Tech Founders Media, back in Detroit, specifically in Bamboo, Detroit. Thank you for setting this up for us with Zaire Kenya Smith of Empathy, a tech stars company, and we're going to learn all about that. And if you are used to interacting on social media, this is going to be of particular interest to you because you're, you have a new take, a different take, a more authentic take on uh, social media and how people use the app. So we're going to dive into that very deeply. But first, we want to you know start with getting to know you a little bit better. Talk to us about who Zaire Kenya Smith was uh, as a youngster, all of that, how you got to Detroit or you know why you decided to stay. And if younger, you would be friends with who you are today, the person that you've yeah. become, the, the super empath uh, that you have evolved into. I guess how it started when I was a kid growing up, humble beginnings, very much home beginnings. Never I realized I was different at an early age because I never got accepted from me when it came to family, school, friends. I, I knew I was different. Got bullied for being myself. Never understood. Never understood it. Never, why. Never understood it. That's how I realized people are weird. I was always very much confused because my quote unquote family didn't accept me, but my, they did accept my sister for some strange reason because maybe she felt in a realm of what they thought was cool acceptance. And I was just different. Middle school as well. Going to middle school and not getting accepted again. It's like, wow, oh, me being myself, it's not as popular as it's like you have to. I realized that the real age people are just very tribal. You got to be a certain way to get accepted. But once again, a pushback. And that cost a lot, like I said, bullying, picked on. And it ended around eighth grade. This is where I think the most popular girl in the school talked to me and all that good stuff. And that led to us talking. So you went from, let me get this straight, you went from even your own family not understanding yeah. you to you having the best girlfriend in the school. Yes. And that's when I doubled down. That's when I doubled down being myself. Okay. I realized there's equity in it. Okay. I'm all, oh, snaps. Yeah. It's a win here. Yeah. Even though I, it, was, it was a lot of bullying, a lot of pick throwing, a lot of everything. But once I got that gratification, I just doubled down. I never turned back. I'm all like, oh. It's just showing me, okay, cool. You just got to just wait around. Eventually, if you be yourself, your clan will come to you. So I took that mindset, ran with it throughout life. And that turned out to be having quality friends, having quality relationships. I only have two friends, but guess what? Those are two quality friends. Like, less is more. So um, I realized that's what being yourself and all those people who are my friends, they accepted me from me. I'm not being this character. I'm not wearing the mask. I'm not trying to fit in. Ultimately, putting me on the path to empathy because when I started Empathy, like I said, uh, when I created Empathy, it, it was created not just seeing the social landscape, but also for my past. Because if I break down like a timeline, when I was seven, I was bullied. When I was 14, I was misunderstood. And when I was 24, I was judged because my family didn't understand the route I was going down. Because you know the status quo, go to college, get that college degree, get a job. I'm just, I went to college. Got my college degree, I'm like going to entrepreneurship. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> you put all this money in you to take it far. First one in my family to graduate, by the way. To take it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. To go go to college and then just graduate, just make something of yourself. I'm like, nah. 
I, I, I need to find a more purpose in my life. And I realized at the college, I, I achieved great success in college as well, working for companies like Nike, LeBron. My first client was LeBron, like huge client was LeBron James. And that was in college because I did like a, I think after LeBron won his first championship in Miami in 2013, I did, like he said, a phrase, it's about damn time. I created, designed the t-shirt, went on the LeBronJames.com website, some of the people who run the website showed them this. They showed it to the LeBron team. The rest is history. Yeah. Can you create merch for us? All that good stuff. So that's how that connection worked. And like I said, I was only in college. I was like 23 at the time. Like I said, I, was, I experienced great success, but then I realized after all of that, that wasn't my, that didn't give me that happiness. People always say, oh, money will make you happy. Success will make you happy. Sure. Experience it for yourself. I don't tell people to not do it. Experience it for yourself. I didn't get that, and I realized I needed more. Cause I realized life has to be more than about paying bills. Well, waking up, paying bills, working, and that's it. It got to be more than life than just that. I went on a whole one-year journey of self-discovery because I realized I am not my work. And my, I forgot my, my for, for the for the viewers, my background. I have a bachelor's degree in digital art and design. I'm a designer. Did design work. I realized design is not me. My skill set is not me. My skill set is my skill set. Zaire, Kenya, Zaire, Kenya. So I didn't realize who, who he is. I know my skill set, but who he is. What do you like? What, what is your, your values? So I spent a year time from, after I graduated from 2014 to 2015, trying to find what I wanted to do. And I was more so entrepreneurship. I wanted to work for myself and things like that. And I had ideals at the time. But like I said, my family didn't understand and they gave pushback. When that happened, and I wanted to, and that, that caused a series of depression, anxiety, and self-doubt. And I wanted to share this online to see, hey, have anybody else experienced this feeling of rejection from their family? And as soon as I was about to write that online, I stopped myself because the unwritten rules of social media says, if it's not perfect, don't post it. And I didn't. I realized I wasn't alone in this feeling because six out of 10 people said social media have a negative side effect on their mental health, causing a series of anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. And right there, I knew I had something and somebody had to do something about it before mental health was this huge thing, before people realized, oh, social media is bad. Like I saw this in 2015, like this is, this keep, keep going on the bubble with bus. And that kind of, put me on the verbiage of creating empathy and just taking that, that, that journey from 2015 to now creating it. Okay. There's a lot there. So, so many questions that I have, but let's maybe get all on the same page. Cause you keep referencing empathy. Yeah. What is empathy? Like, what is that? What does it do? You, you mentioned a little bit of why it came to existence yeah. and what spurred you and prompted you to move forward with it. But let's just clear the air. What is empathy and, uh, you know, who is it for? We're innovating mental health management through our social therapy app where we encourage users to share their authentic emotions through mood journaling. Because that empathy, we empower emotional connection. We create a platform where we build empathetic communities and promote emotional well-being through mood journaling. And we make, and we make emotions transparent so people can, so people can feel more safe expressing themselves without the fear of the judgment of, like, about the social pressures. 
fear, judgment, social pressures of likes, views, and followers. And who are who we see our ideal users are is Gen Zers because they push back on the status quo. They want more realism. They don't want the fake stuff. They want more authentic stuff. They want more inclusiveness. They want more real stories rather than fake, fake, fake. They want the truth. Like they want to express they. Uh, they're not like I don't know what's behind us after that. It's, it's none of them. But I like the, the Gen Xers. Yeah, the Gen Xers. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not all about keeping emotions to them. So they want to express. They want to share. Yeah. And they're not taking their emotions to the grave. Like, nope, I feel sad. I'm just going to keep this to myself. Like, no, they want to share this. So, yeah, so basically for the Gen Zers, our next phase, hopefully millennials, and then, you know, the older generation. So, question. Yeah. What is social therapy? First, we, we caught it on social media, but then we realized when people have conversation, open conversation, it's therapy. Talking about your feelings. It's really just therapy. Talking about your feelings to a friend. Just sharing, just releasing that story into the world. That's therapeutic. Sometimes that's, even though it doesn't solve nothing, it's therapeutic to release it. Yeah. So we just saw that, oh, that's social therapy. People can be social and what and what they, when they, when they talking to each other, they, they really have this, a therapeutic conversation because they're having this real conversation, getting things off their chest. I think, nah, I think, I know that's what we need more. We're so busy showing the highlights, but we're not showing sharing the deep stuff. We all have we all have stories. We all have traumas. We all have, have things that we struggle with, but we keep them to ourselves because there's not no safe space or the fear of judgment or the fear of, hey, you coming outside the line. We don't share that here. Yeah, so you just share the positive stuff. So how do you get rid of that? Because it seems to have some inherent uh, dangers yeah. in exposing yourselves online. There's a reason that many people don't do it. For fear of, you know, being bullied or targeted or, you know, ending up exposed yep. on television years later. Like, remember when you tweeted or, or uh, you know, posted this? How do you solve for that? That's a great question. We just recently solved that. Kind of, we'll say kind of solved that problem because empathy would be membership only. So you have to pay a subscription to join our platform. So basically put a paywall behind it. So people won't take advantage of you in your vulnerable moment or use your content. Because one of our terms and conditions, when you upload content on empathy, you own 50%, we own 50%. So if people try to screenshot it, record or just repost it, we can pull it down because that's our content. Like if you want us to, you just tell us we'll put it down. That's our content, so it won't go elsewhere. It's almost like how Netflix. Like you can't share the content. You only watch Netflix movies on Netflix movies. You can't watch it nowhere else because it's theirs. So we take that same philosophy at Empathy. But far as and also the reason why we have the membership base because we look at think about public schools or private schools. Same thing. One is free, but it's not really contained. And one is private, but got. Better content, better food, better this, better, better, better everything. We look at social media the same way. The better, a better version of social media would have to be a paid version. Everybody can't have access to it because we have everybody have access to it. You will invite the trolls, you invite the manipulators, you invite all these bad actors to try to mess up something. Yeah. So we can control it better with membership base, and even that we will still be trial and error, trying to find this new normalization and sharing your emotions because we believe that's the next billion dollar company in the social space is that transparency because it's enough of filters, short stories, party dancing. It's just, it's enough of those apps. 
The next one is tapping into that emotion, that the power of emotional connection. So those same fears could arise with Airbnb. Airbnb started or Uber just started. Why would I get in the car with some strangers? Why would I live in somebody's house? This could happen, this could happen, this could happen, this could all, all valid points, but eventually you got normalized. Yeah. Branding and marketing. Same thing with Uber, branding and marketing. Empathy, same thing, branding and marketing. It's about and how we plan to do it is taking the labels off emotions. There's no something as good emotion, bad emotion. Sad is not a bad emotion, that's just an emotion. Sometimes and and that sad story helped create those rats riches to stories. Yeah. Help create those coming from nothing to something. From a person who's insecure, now they super confident. That's how my story was. Like you need that story. It's beautiful to have that. You even highlight, oh wow, you came from getting bullied, this and that, getting the best girl. That's a beautiful story arc. So that's what we want to do, showing the full story instead of the highlight reels. Right. Right. So I'm glad you brought up that analogy of schools because I am skeptical that the paywall alone will filter out people who would misuse the information. Yeah. And I, it, what I'm hearing is actually two things that yeah. you did to address this. One was the paywall, but the second one yeah. perhaps is a code of conduct, which yeah. you do see in private schools and yeah. perhaps in public schools yeah. and how that's enforced makes a difference, yeah. obviously. But talk more about the rules of engagement yeah. when it comes to empathy. Yeah. Um, I, I speak on this kind of slightly because uh, my co-founder, she could talk more on all this aspect of when it comes to mental health, making sure it's inclusive, making sure there's no online bullying, making sure there's no bad actor, no harassment, no nudity. Like we're, we're very strict, very, very strict. Before you even get to the homepage of empathy, we let you know what empathy is not. And also, it's a one, if you troll one time off platform, you're banned for life. Whoa. Yeah, you screw one up time. Like, there's no hope. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. We were, uh, before this, we were talking about uh, sort yeah. of the religious uh, connection that you share with your, your yeah. co-founder yeah. And, and me. I remember a conversation I had with my mother growing up because I was yeah. very strict about a lot of stuff. And I was like, you know what? They wronged me once. I'm done with them. Yeah. And she asked me, she said, now, what if God was like that? Yeah. What if God just said, you know what? After one time, you're banned yeah. and you can't recover from that. That's what mercy is about. Yeah. But I appreciate why you have to do that in the social media age because not everybody. We're not dealing with people who have that same uh, reference point. Yeah. But talk about that. The challenges was that an easy decision? Are you seeing that that's a good thing for the community? Talk about that decision. This was very much an easier decision because we're not we're not launched yet, but we're in our beta stage. Um, while we're we're in our beta stage, working the kinks out, see what works, see what not works, all that good stuff. But the reason why we hear the one time ban, when you troll one time, you ban for life. Yes, it sounds harsh. But think about the other user that got trolled against. What they gonna do? They gonna delete the app. Y'all, y'all not gonna, y'all don't care about my feelings. I thought empathy was supposed to be here. I thought this was supposed to be a judge-free zone. Delete the app because positivity don't spread as fast as negativity. So once they have that negative experience, give it a, give it an app a one-star review, write a bunch of posts, don't download this app. They don't do nothing. People harass you judge you and things like that, it spreads way faster. So we have to be just as diligent. You tr- Okay, cool. That person is gone. And guess what? They feel, oh, they, this person, they, everybody care about me. He, they care about our feelings because let's not, once you open the bag of emotions, it, these are our babies. These stories are our babies. And you, if you laugh at them, poke them, or just, or just play with them, people will take it. It's a highlight way. I just, I just 
have the courage to share this and y'all laughed at me? Y'all poked fun like it took me so much to get this out. And this would I get a return? You have to put yourself in the victim point of view, like how they feel. So yes, three uh, a three strike warning, that would be fair, but how how about that? That they finally must up the courage. You even said opening up will be hard. I know it'll be hard. That's why I gotta be safe. That's why we gotta be strict. That's why we have to put these walls up in order for people to feel safe. And people don't feel safe, they're not opening up. And, and people don't open up, we're just like you're no different than any of that. You're right. And you referenced Mark Twain earlier in, in the quote. Yeah. Uh, another quotation from him is, you know, a lie can travel around the world while the truth is putting his shoes on. So you're right. You really do have to like address that early and head on. Uh, so what is the response that the users have with, with the app and the rules that you have and the opportunity to share and this concept of social therapy have different classes of users emerge? What is the reactions that you're getting in beta? Based off the beta alone, people will share. It's a domino effect. So it's all about going to a party, pool party. Who would jump in the pool first? First person jump in the pool. Awesome. Then the second person jump in the pool. Awesome. Then third, they all sudden everybody in the pool. But same thing apply for empathy. It take, after three or four or five people open up, then everybody start opening up. Now why? Because you realize, oh, it's safe. Oh, it's okay to be human. It's okay to express. Oh, I can be human. You give people, once you humanize yourself, you give people permission to humanize their self. People want to open up too. People want to relate. That's why this thing called, that's why this empathy is so magical. If I say a story to you right now, Abraham, and you can relate to it, you, you immediately go share your story. Hey, I want to do that too. And that's how friendships and relationships grow in our build. We were talking about this earlier yeah. that friendships and relationships are oftentimes built on not just a mutual vulnerability, but a telling of secrets. Cause in a way, that's what people are doing. Cause I want to ask you and I don't know yeah. what the response is. So I'm very curious about this, yeah. but what were people doing before the opportunity yeah. to engage in the social therapy? Where were they having these conversations? What were they doing? Were they suffering in silence? Yeah. Like, that's a good question. I think that's why we got to be very mindful when we have this conversation because we, people would default to talk to your friends, talk to your family about this. Not everybody have friends, friends and family we, we can open up to. Right. Sometimes they, they judgmental. Sometimes like we live in America. Pull yourself up by the bootstrap. What the heck? Stop crying. Get, get back up. Like they, they are very rough. Like they are not really trying to understand. They just say, Hey, I, 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 I did it by myself. You can do it too. Like we lose this sense of community. I hope I'm not changing the topic, but we got here as a human race with community. We never did this solo, solo dolo, but they want us to do a solo dolo. So most people suffer and sound and doing this solo dolo or just wearing a mask. The mental health rise is that's why America had a huge mental health process. Like we have, we have, we have an unprecedented mental health crisis in America. Yes. Just because we hold so much in. And then when we see all of this crazy stuff happening, it's just like, it's just bottle up anger, bottle up emotion where we now have no avenue to express it. And we want to do therapy. We want to do all these outlets. And, but let's be real. Most people work nine to fives. People come off of work tired. Most people got kids, busy lives, all the, most people can't make time for it. Therapy is not the most affordable. And it's just like sometimes it's just for a certain class of people. I'm not saying you can't get insurance and things like that, but most people don't have that. So sometimes you got to meet people where they're at. And the reason why Amazon is so successful, because it's convenience. Convenience yeah. always wins. So make it convenient. Yeah. And empathy is something that when it's launched, it'll be something you can access. It's not the fix. We are not the fixer. We are not trying to make you happy, but we are here for you to be human. Our whole goal is to show you you can be human here. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to access that in your pocket at any time yeah. for a small fee. Yeah.
That's what we're trying to do. I was intrigued by the the user interface on the app because you can signal what your current mood is yeah. before you engage in whatever yeah. your post is, which I think is, is, is a very interesting concept. You're clearly well-versed in the problem. Is there any research or peer-reviewed anything backing up what you're saying? Do people ever ask you to go down an anthropological hole to bring back evidence that what you're saying, you know, makes sense in contemporary times? I guess uh, at this point, sometimes I don't like talking about the problem because people say, I hear people know the problem already. You don't got to talk about the problem no more. Uh, People know this problem. They know. People got to the point about every. I love having a social media conversation. Hey, social media messing on mental health. I guess what? Yes, I agree. But social media make you feel down. I, it's like universal. Anybody. Yeah, I don't do it. I deleted, deleted that. I felt much better. People, it's universal. People realize social media is screwing them up. Yeah. So it's nice. It's never, it's never no pushback. Oh, you're wrong. I, it's more 95% of the time or 99% of the time people see the problem of social media and see it's fake. Yeah. People just don't post the real stuff. I don't be on that as much. I, I'm detoxing. So there's really no pushback. I think people, it's a universally understanding that social media is not good for them. Yeah, but your solution is the problem in a way, right? You built a social media app to address the fact that social media apps are inherently negative on yeah. people's mental health. Is there it's, a gap between the problem and the solution you propose that you are closing through this beta? It's all... Um, Outside, like I said, healthy solution. All you, all you, all you can do is build a healthy alternative. Okay. It's almost like food, right? You have, okay. You have your, you have your health, healthy food and you have your organic food. Still need food, but it's, it's a, it's a healthier, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a healthier way. And like guess what? It costs more. Yeah. All that good hey, Guess what? The, 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 the bullshit. No. <laughs> <laughs> the food are that good. It's, it's cheaper. Yeah. But the, the, the quality food costs more and things like that. So. It's always that way. Like I say, it, could people always say, just delete the app. Just remove it. Get off of it. That's not, that's a, that's a band-aid. We're not addressing the core problem. And these billion dollar companies not going to change nothing because they're making bank off of it. I won't change it either. But people buy it every single day. Why? Because of the branding, it's the marketing, it's everything they put behind it. Put the A-list celebrities. Oh, this burger's good. They eat it. They eat it up. Same thing with social media. Social media get that dopamine effect. People love that, those lights. People love, the the views and the addictive doom scrolling people love that so you have to introduce to them another version of it and so in order to do that you have to rebrand it you have to say hey it's okay to be okay it's okay not to be okay like, it's, it's all part of the human experience you have to you have to rebrand or else people will never tell the truth about their feelings people will keep saying the default answer hey how you doing i'm fine how you doing i'm great it always stay never that I'm, I'm not feeling too good. I'm kind of sad. I'm kind of insecure. It's never, it's always, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm having a good day. Okay. You, uh, you aren't doing this by yourself. You have a co-founder yeah. who is even more well-versed on the clinical side yep. of this. Bring her into the room. Talk about how this union uh, happened. And that's sort of a double entendre, which yeah. we'll get to in a bit. But just talk to us about the, the co-founder and the value add and, and what she is bringing to the table. Her value, she adds, is always the credibility. The credibility is saying, Zaire, I agree with this approach. I'm telling her story. Catherine, I'm sorry. I'm sharing this story. If I butchered it, I'm sorry. Her approach always said, because when she do talk to her client, because she, she talked to postpartum mothers, children with eating disorder, and just, and just young adolescents, Gen Z, and people in the military as well. And one thing that she saw that, all, that have the same common ground is their relationship with social media. They all bring it up. 
And she never know what to say mm. after that because what can you do? Things like that. When people say, hey, social media bringing me down, like what can you say? So it wasn't never no definitive solution for it. So when she saw empathy, she said, hey, this may can work. I believe this probably can work. And she saw this as a potential solution to offer her clients. So what role is she playing in the company now in addition to the credibility? The role that she plays right now is as a COO, like the operation. Like she's, she makes sure that everything stays human-centered design. She makes sure that we just don't have features for the sake of features. Like we think about people with mental health. How does it affect people with mental health? Because right now, current, when people do now, they think about the numbers, they think about the analytics, they think about the retention, all that good stuff, the, the dopamine, will this bring people back rather than how would this affect somebody's mental health? So it's more so of a conscious decision of design, of features, of algorithms, like all like having that human touch rather than just letting a developer just have at it with no moral responsibility to people's mental health. Like it's almost like going to the similar line, and she do the final check. Wait, okay, no, I don't think this would be good. She she pushed back a lot. And to be honest, she didn't want to help me say Zaire. I think empathy is a mental health app. I said no, it's a social media app. She said no, Zaire. This is mental health. This I think this could be a good, nice tool for mental health. She pushed me into it. I was convinced it was a social media. No, it's a social media app. No, Zaire. This could be used for mental health. Yeah. So I finally got saw what she saw because we did pivot empathy more so into health tech rather than social media, more so health, because this could be like a tool people can use. So that's, she played a huge part, because she kept pushing empathy, mental health, I kept looking for mental health, that's just a bad stigma, they would take the product, we gotta say social media, people get social media, people when you hear, they will understand it, but you say mental health, it might push away people, all that good stuff. So, but eventually I jumped on board, because I saw like, oh, this is, this is a mental health tool. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, and it seems like a solid business positioning because yeah. then you can approach institutions, firms, even the government. It got huge once she said that. Yeah. It got, the market got huge. There's so much money in those avenues, grants, everything, because people are all looking for solutions, valuable solutions for, because like, you know, for, uh, for right now, I think like what's struggling the most is youth. Youth, youth is struggling with mental health and they can use this as a tool rather than because they're not going to those old days over going down sitting on the couch sit expressing you got to meet the youth where they at in a way it's a gigantic digital couch yeah. where multiple people can I don't know if it's passive necessarily or people are psychoanalyzing people on the yeah. app but uh, now that we're talking more about the technology, talk to us about your tech background. Did you have any? When were you first introduced to technology? And then talk to us about how you approach development with empathy, because this is a topic that a lot of non-technical founders uh, care a lot about. I've seen a number of people who spend hundreds of thousand dollars on tech. They only should have spent 30 or 35 or 40,000 people who really need technical advisors to sit on their ear in these calls and help them not. Uh, get taken advantage of or waste a lot of time or, like you said, build features that ultimately don't matter, yeah. build up a lot of tech debt. Yeah. So two questions. Your tech background, talk to us about the earliest days, uh, if you can, even if that was as a child, yeah. and then also your development with empathy. Background in design, all design, branding, marketing, all that good stuff. When was I, w I want to challenge you to go back to the earliest moments where you first started getting into design. I know we, we were talking about your childhood at the beginning, but when did you start that? Oh, 
as a kid, oh yeah, that's, I don't know why I mentioned, I forgot to mention that. It's going to be so much to unpack. But yes, um, I used to draw a lot. I used to draw, make my own toys, all that, when I was a kid. Cause that was my, that, that was my safe haven. Cause just imagine you get rejected by so much, so many people get bullied on it. Cause all I had was the drawing. And I was forced here. Yeah, I was forced. It was my happy place. Even though I wanted to go outside and play with people, people even didn't want to play with me. I just like, okay, cool. I'm just going to draw. So that was my way out. That was my, my little where I got to create. I got to draw. I got to create my own skills. I asked my mom, hey, can you put me in this drawing competition? I got better at that. And then my sister, she, my sister was brilliant. She wanted us, she wanted a computer around like, when I was, I think about seven. Got, I got, got a computer, saw this app called Paint. Microsoft Paint. I'm like, what, I'm what's familiar. this? Right. I'm like, what, what is this? And basically, I just transferred my skills over to that. I'm like, oh, just start playing with that. And that kind of got me inside the, it went from Microsoft Paint to nothing called Coral Draw or something like that. Then it went from Photoshop and then me like, then I took a Photoshop class in high school for like, for three semesters. I was very much addicted to creating. Addicted like, to creating. Yes, to the point like, I didn't really go out. I was just because yeah, I had an entrepreneur background, even when I was young. That's why I, I had designs. So I design party flyers, um, um, business cards, posters, and things like that. So I realized, oh, I like to do this. I can get paid for this. Wow, wonderful. So I just, just doubled down on it. Just got good at it. I got a full ride scholarship at the Art Institute of New York. But I turned it down. This is how I knew I was a risk taker. I turned it down to go to Florida State University. I didn't get a full ride there. But I, I felt like I, I was just like what they did because Florida if you Google Florida University, they worked on all the Grammy songs, Emmy movies, Oscar movies, all that good stuff. Like it's, they produce a lot of top tier talent. Hmm. And I wanted to be with the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. So it was more so, okay, cool, free ride. But I just want to be where the, the, the legends are made. So I, I, want to be, I, I, want, I want to be that band. I want to battle with them. So I went there. I turned that down, went there. Chose not to go to my prom. Because I felt like I'm just saving my money just for college. This prom stuff is one, once a one-time thing. Put the money towards college. Uh, and we're just rocking out from there. I was too much in at the college. So I will, I will show you this. This is like this Michael Jordan typography, which showed wow. all his greatest moments. Um, which showed all his greatest moments, like kind of build up. Oh, uh, yeah. So all his greatest moments built up, like as, as typeface. And that was my breakout moment. My, cause I thought, I thought two months there at college, I created that. I told myself, I mean, people had that high moment. I, I was in the moment. I told myself, I'm not about to be a one-hit wonder. This is not about to define me. I'm about to keep going and things like that. And I kept going. I kept going. I kept pushing myself, kept pushing myself, kept pushing myself. And that kind of led me to where I was at. And was really just, I just cared about the craft and, and transferring to the tech skills and going to tech and me getting on this path. I knew, once again, push myself. I guess I could have continued going off my success towards the design. But I wanted to push myself even more so that maybe I can, I can do entrepreneurs, maybe I and create my own business. So again, pushing myself, pushing myself. And I kind of thank God for that bad moment. My family not believing in me because I kind of birthed empathy. So the darkness always, the darkness always birthed life for some strange reason in my, my, my story. And when I had the vision empathy from 2015 
I had to develop a lot of tech skills. All I had was design. Cause I didn't know what an app was, how to use an app, what's social media. I didn't know none of this. I had to, so it's a lot of learning at first. Before you build anything, learn what you're building. Learn what you're building, trying to understand it. Before you put any money, learn, see what you can do on your own. So it was a lot of, um, I got moved back home with my mom and just trying to understand. I told her this idea, I had this, this idea called empathy is going to change the world. I need some time. Cause that's all I need. I didn't need money. I just need time. Time is very, very important. The most valuable asset I have in my life is time. I just needed time just to figure it out. Cause I knew if I, if I have time, I can get the money. So me try to understand tech, me try to understand apps, me try to understand functionalities, all that good stuff. I learned from Googling, YouTube, and they didn't even have a damn, I think my, my, my biggest, I had like two big, big projects coming out of college and one of them was an app. One was a social media app called Bain. And I had to build that up. And I, it was good because I got paid good, but also I got to learn, like, ooh, this is my first case study. So I got to build up a social media app. And then I learned, like, oh, okay, this is how it's done. Okay. And then I had another client that needed another social platform. I think it was a, a, a vlog, like a, like a social network for, for vloggers, which they, they could sell merchandise and brands, all that good stuff. And then I built out another one. I'm like, oh, okay, I got this. I'm learning, I'm learning everything. And then so, me take it for what I learned from clients, put that in empathy. And that's where you see when people see it, it's, just, it's, it's a lot of iteration, but also a lot of research, seeing what works, user testing. Hey, look at this. How does it feel? Oh, you don't like it? Okay, cool. And just going back. So it's, a, it's an iterative process till we got to the version we have today. So let me tell you something. My mom's the goat, by the way. I got held back in fifth grade because wasn't focusing in class. I was drawing too much. Teacher said, that you need to be on like ADHD, something like that. Put him some pills so he can focus. She said, nah, he's all right. Ain't nothing wrong with him. I happened in middle school and high school. I kind of changed a little bit because I had, I had my, my Photoshop class, my desktop publishing class. I had that for three semesters. That class, I got A's. A's all the time. I was killing that class. Everything else I got around like C's, C's and B's. She had this untapped belief in me. She don't doubt me at all. She never tell me what I can't do. And I think that was all the, I think the greatest thing she ever did in my life, she never put dates on me. She just let me go. Her biggest play in my life is just there, stay in faith, don't lose it. It's going to work, work out because I'll be losing faith. I'm all like, this is hard. I don't want to give up. This path is hard. 2021, when I first launched Empathy to, to raise, Empathy flopped on Kickstarter. What do you mean flop? Try to raise $250,000. Flop. I think I only raised 1000 Okay. That was all the data points I need. People can look at that. So I put it out there and nobody, don't, nobody didn't believe in it. Nobody didn't look at it. You only raised 1000 out of 20. I, I, didn't, I didn't get 1%. Yeah. It was still like 0%. That destroyed me. It, it. Because I, I, I worked on this Kickstarter like for a whole year. Me and my friends help, helping me, all that good stuff. Try to understand the patterns of Kickstarters, what, 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 what will work, what will not work. And then when it flopped so hard, I was done. I was about to give up Empathy Trademark name, everything afterwards, because like, it was just in my face. Like, this is the proof. This is the proof points of I wasted all my time, all of these years building this, and just for people not to be receptive by it. When I was about to give up, my mom said, oh, yeah, I'll buy the trademark for I'll buy, get the money for the trademark. To keep, keep, keep the name, keep it. It's going to work. And literally, that happened in May. I flopped in May. No, I flopped in June. The beginning of June, June 6th. I still remember. June 6th, 2021. Probably like two to three weeks later. 
got Empathy got his first article. Um, I think it was uh, Voyage Atlanta. Now something I think Atlanta, Atlanta shout out for Voyage Atlanta shout out. Then it went, then went from Voyage LA. Then it went from Fox. Then it went from ABC. Then it went from Forbes. Then it went from TechCrunch. Then it, then it just blew out the way. So after I hit face, that was again home begins. Darkness, and then all of a sudden, empathy has consistent. Empathy had consistent press like for three years straight. Until everybody, like I said, nobody wasn't talking about a valuable solution. People kept saying, "Oh, social media is bad." Conversation did. Log off social media. Conversation did. Then they just seen this kid who have a great story, who have an, a good product. It seemed it seemed like it could work. We don't know, but it seemed like it. It got the right bells and whistles. We don't know, but we like it. What I would tell non-technical founders like. Build landing page, prototype, put it out there, have a good story, and have a good product. Try to mirror those together, and people will get up on it. I think at there, because at the end of the product need people. If, if you don't got no buy-in from people, you really don't have no product. You just have this cool idea that only you think is cool. So, and we, like you, as you said, people create things, they spend a hundred thousand, thousands of dollars of things people don't want. Yeah. Make sure people want it first. That's what I want to see. People want it. After Empathy Flapple case started, I'm going to say, okay, marketing. I'm going to go market this sucker. Let me just see. I'm not, I don't trust kids start, start, start audience. Maybe it was just them. I was just very stubborn. Maybe it was just them. Let me just see everybody else. And I realized, oh, okay, cool. I just like, sometimes you can be the right person, uh, Abraham. You know, perfect. There ain't nothing wrong with you. You're just in the wrong audience. Yeah. Once you switch the audience, you realize, oh, wow, you didn't change. You're just in a different circle. And yeah. you realize once you change that circle, all of a sudden you get all of this notoriety, this, this acceptance, and you didn't change. You were just in the wrong circle. Yeah. So like, put, sometimes you got to position yourself. Like Sometimes it's that. Knowing, knowing to pivot. Maybe if, if, if it's a health tech company, it's, it, it's a social media company, knowing where you sit. So that's why pivots is good, knowing when to pivot. So For sure. And speaking of different circles or new circles, yeah. talk to us about Techstars powered by JP Morgan here in Detroit, because yes. Detroit has had a resurgence in the startup ecosystem. Of course, it's had some really big companies come out of here, uh, StockX being yeah. one of them. Yes. Uh, I think Duolingo maybe or some others have come out of here. Mm -hmm. But um, talk to us about how Techstars you know, changed, improved, augmented what you're doing with empathy. And for those who have no clue what Techstars is, kind of tee that up for the value add and the use case for applying for, getting accepted, and joining Techstars. Techstars is amazing to the point I'm kind of mad at myself. My advisor, Mark Campbell, he had to convince me to come to Techstars. So I kept asking, should I do this? They're taking 6%, blah, 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 for this. Is it really worth it? Is it really value here? He kept saying, Zaire, you got a selling to Techstars. Your product is not out in the market yet. You will be a fool not to join. Go. You will get value here. And I'm all like, you sure? Go. When I, once I came, a lot of value. Too much value. So I always say, I always say this, the good part about Techstars a lot of resources. Bad part about Techstars, a lot of resources. Because you have to pick and choose. You can't take, you just won't take all of them. No, you gotta really use your time wisely. You gotta realize what you need, not what you want. So what does that mean? Like saying people are spoiled for choice, but what are those choices? What are the resources? What did you prioritize versus not? First, it's a lot of speakers. It's a lot, they bring a lot of people in. A lot of top A people who've seen 
sing around the block, you meet the JP Morgan team, past alumni tech stars. You have the cohort who made it, who, who was part of the 4% who made it in here. Which friendships to prioritize? Who to get to know? Because like at the end, you still been in the business. You still got to build your business. So you don't got that much time as is. So you got to prioritize who you're gonna spend some time with. Who you'll feel like, oh, this would be a good partner. Let me be, let me, let me befriend this person. Oh, let me befriend this alumni. Like it's little things like that, and even um, the the resources they give you. Oh, maybe I need this AWS. Oh, maybe I should do the Google and all that. It's like all of these things that they give you. And it's, it's a lot. They give you a lot of stuff, a lot of it's, it's so much great material. And you just have to just use your time wisely. Because remember, you're still a founder. It's not like you don't have a business. Not taking it for granted. Because if you just going there, slack a days you go, whatever, whatever, you're going to miss it. Because it's a lot. It comes at you fast and they don't stop. Because these are all busy people. They all have their own. Um, ventures they run and so you got to take this stuff very 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 seriously if you don't take it seriously you'll miss it because it's always opportunity and sometimes like, i guess i see i sometimes you got to see the opportunity sometimes the opportunity don't present itself sometimes you guys just listen you gotta listen you gotta pay attention you gotta hear what them saying because once you pay attention let's hear them say oh that's opportunity here oh it's a partnership sometimes it's not just glaring oh here's opportunity no sometimes it's in the message they saying you gotta listen yeah, literally pay attention. Listen, put your laptop down, get off of social media and just listen. And then you'll hear opportunity. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. Well, I should try this. So opportunity, when I do say opportunity, I say it very specific. Like, oh, you have to listen and look out for it. Yes, some will be glaring. Oh, here it is, here it is. And the other ones are subtle. And you got to just pay attention to it and pick up on it by being a decisive listener. So one of my, uh, well, one of the critiques I've heard about Techstars yeah. is all of those resources are there in the moment. Yeah. But what is your experience like as an alumni, like after the fact? It's been, you know, several months, yeah. I guess, since you graduated, yeah. right? Or since yeah. you had your demo day and all yeah. that. Um, what is life after Techstars like? And what value do you expect to still glean from that experience afterwards? See, I, treat, I, look, at, I look at Techstars like college. Go to go, go to a high profile college, whatever. I went to my, my college, my college was a private college, full Sail university. It's one of the top of the line creative schools, private college. But I didn't expect them to give nothing. None of my college story. I told, oh, they gave me this. They gave me this. I never told you that. I said what I did. They just lily pad off of it and helped me push it even more. That's the same goes life. Like at the end of the day, college is just a tool. Tech starts is just a tool. Like it worked if you work. After I did, I'm making sure I have a presentable palette to bring to me. Hey, I got this. Can you introduce me to this? Because if they name on the line, Abraham, you feel like I'm not ready. You're not about to introduce me to your circle. You said, no, you're not. So get your shit together. Come to me. Then I will help you. Don't just give me anything. Just say like, it's like a hand. No, I never looked at life like that. I know. What I put in, what I'm going to get out. Gotcha. So it's more like a fraternity, sorority thing. Yeah. So any critiques they got, I guarantee they must not have been doing the work. Oh, wow. Okay. Sure. They must not have, no, they must not been, they must not been doing the work. If you're doing the work, people will help. Yeah. People see the work, people will help. Yeah. You, you got to give them something. Yeah. You know, remember, once again, these are busy people. Don't, yeah. don't expect them to do the work for you. Right. You do the work. They just want to pass it off, hand it off. They just want to give you the sense. Okay. Here, take this. Ball, the ball is the work you done. They're going to pass it off to somebody else. This person will help you. But they're not about to just sit and do that for you. Yes, they'll help, but they're not going to hold your hand. Right. Yeah, this is your business. This is a founder. Like, like, if you're really passionate about it, get your shit together, put put it together, and then, then bring it to them. 
So I'm very, I don't like wasting people's time. I'm going to make sure I have something palatable, make sure I got the data, the beta, all that good stuff. And then I'm going to bring them something. Hey, I got something. Can you introduce me? Can you make these warm connections, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's how it is, man. You can't, if you're expecting to get hand, like handouts at Techstars, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that in life. It doesn't. Speaking of life, uh, you're building in Detroit. Yes. You had the whole planet. You could have been building it. I know you got history here and all yeah. that, but... Um, talk to us about the startup ecosystem here in Detroit. What are you excited about here? You know, there's, you know, uh, a lot of funding here. Yes. There's a lot of like startup week, yes. uh, you know, meetups yes. and there's a lot of organizers here. We've had other Detroiters yes. coming onto the podcast talking about the effort here. This is not my first time in Bamboo, Detroit because of the activity yes. in the startup ecosystem. But why? If I'm not from Detroit, like, is it all smoke and mirrors? Is it all hype? Like, what is so special about building here in Detroit? It's the grit and the grind. The grit and the grind. People love Detroit because, like, like, it's like the hustle never stops. Detroit is not dead. Like, it's the grind. You like, it, it, it's, it's the same quote you probably use for New York. You make, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. If you make it from Detroit, you can make it anywhere. Especially, like I said, like, it's hard for me. Like, when I... When I Look at the tech scene. I'm definitely going off the topic. But if I look at the tech scene, I look at the highs and lows. I'm not like, bro. I came from the hood. Like, I, I, I make it. I got it here. This doesn't scare me. This is just. This is nothing. Not like fear is all. It's perspective. This is not fear to me. I know what fear is. I know what that stuff is. Like this is just people with suits, business, money, competition. That's it. It's nothing like. It's not stressful. You can make a stress about overthinking it, but it's just it's, it's the same thing. So like it's all about perspective. But a lot of people should build Detroit. Like I said, it's the hustle, it's the grit. People get up like the multinational. It's you. You'll see everybody here. Everybody's just grinding and just getting out the mud, and that's where you'll get that Detroit grit. It's, it's something. It's something special, man. You, it's, you have to be in the city to experience it. Because Catherine, my my co-founder Catherine, she is from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Okay. Dallas, Texas, and she. As you know, if you're not from Detroit, murder capital. Right. This is a crazy place. Is it safe? Like, she always joked, oh, the doc got to wear a bulletproof vest? Till she came here, like, good three or four times. I like Detroit. I, it's something, it, like, it's alive here. It's something special is here. But you don't, it's hard to explain. You just have to be here and feel it. Because, like, the news, we get a bad rep on, on the news. But once you come here and feel it, especially in the downtown area, you will see something special here. You can build here and and this, and this, everybody just trying to grind and get out the mud. So that's that's uh, quite an accomplishment getting a Texan out of Texas. So yeah. kudos to you for that. Yeah. Now, are most of the relationships that you have in the city are they outside? Because one of the goals for you know diverse tech founders media is to connect these different ecosystems yeah. with each other from Detroit, Dallas, DC, yeah. Silicon Valley, New York, Miami, Houston, all these, Memphis, Charlotte, Atlanta, Nashville, Chattanooga. Uh, where is the bulk of your support coming from? Talk about, you know, now that you have a national and global brand, are you having to go to the coast to get support for some things? Like how much of it is coming from Detroit? So far, a lot's coming from Detroit. I'm also a part of Tech Town Detroit. They also help startups as well. Um, it's a great, it's a great resource, uh, for, it's from Detroit. Tech Town Detroit is, uh, is, is what it is. They help you. They can use some funding to help. Test your MVP to see if you have something. To, basically, preparing you for the next day. But before preparing for the next day, they give you a little bit of funding. Um, they give you like twenty five thousand just to test your product, build your product, see if you have something, 
and you do have something, they'll take you to the next stage. So it's a lot of resources and a lot of resources in that, that space. And it's like, you, sometimes you got to just, once again, you got to be in the know, like Bamboo Detroit. It's a lot of good people. I, I get, I gain a lot of knowledge in here because people, like sometimes I'm still, I'm still realizing how big the tech, 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 Detroit tech ecosystem. I'm still learning as I go because usually I'm just, Focus at home where I have the coffee shop just working. But when I'm just talking around, like, oh, this event happened. Oh, this event happened. This, oh, wow, there's a lot of stuff be happening. Be moving in the, like, you just have to be in the know. If you're not in the know, you'll think it's not moving as much, but you have to, but once you talk to the right people, they can just show you there's a lot of stuff happening. I think Black Tech Week is happening in Detroit in October. Yeah, Black Tech Week happened, happened in Detroit. So that, that's, that's dope. So that day, it's a lot. And I think Undemo Day also happening in Michigan Tech Week is happening. Very cool. Well, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about where you see empathy going before we kind of wrap this yes. this conversation up, which has been a great one. I appreciate you being so open yes. uh, with uh, the questions that we've been trading back and forth. Yeah. Um, so in terms of getting out of beta and into the market, yeah. what is it going to take for you to actually get into the market? And when will I be able to use it? And how will I know that it's for me and worth it for me? And by the way, like in terms of paying for some type of therapy, yeah. Even the law firms I've worked at, now they are setting aside money or partnering with startups yeah. to have access to that. So walk us through what it's gonna to take to get from beta to market. We're working to we're working on building the product all right now. I think our biggest caveat, I'm trying to get the price down. I'm trying to get the price down for empathy, because we're not trying to pay like eighty thousand just for MVP. We try to get that cost down. So it's really like what features we need that will solve the core problem, validate. And I'll be solving the core problem. The quote I'm getting is probably four to five months. Four to five months, I'm trying, four to five months, I'm, I'm, I'm getting like, it's on like I'm using one developer. But if I do get like a team, it'll be like three, like it'll be like three months. So we're thinking like first quarter of 2024, first quarter of 2024, you will see empathy. But I encourage people to go to empathy, www.empathy, I-N-P-A, thy.co, C-O, to sign up for the, uh, on to get on the wait list. So when we do, we can constantly make news updates of our progress and share people our journey, where we at. Um, also join our community. If you want to be a part of the beta community, join our community. Then you can see what we're doing, how we're testing it, and basically preparing people to share their emotions more. And we do that through a lot of daily check-ins, a lot of open posts, I'm asking people how they're feeling, and just getting that, getting the conversation started. You only can share content on empathy up to two minutes long via video. And the only option you have to interact with that content is through um, comments. And you want to, we encourage you to, um, we, we encourage you to um, interact because you make friends through talking to one another, just like in real life. I need to talk to you, Abraham, in order for you to, to know about me so we can be friends. That same concept, go to empathy. There's no following, there's no ad button. You have to talk to each other to build connections on the platform. So it's all about talking to one another and just having those, just building a new way of socializing and making friends because just adding people and not talking to them and just stalking them, that's just, that's not the way. We need, to, we need to have more conversations so we can see that we are more alike than not. The last question, well, the second to last question that I want to ask you, and you sort of alluded to this throughout this discussion, is yeah. what is the most valuable thing that empathy does for the users? If I can make it through uh, the 
the list or whatever filter process you have and I'm inside the community, I'm interacting. Yeah. What is the most valuable thing that you do for users? The most valuable thing we do for it's like humanize. We don't understand the power of humanizing ourselves yet. Once you realize people being themselves, it gives you that permission to be yourself and to express yourself. Mm. What the community would do is just heighten your emotional intelligence. Really? Listen, it was just heighten your emotional intelligence and just really just tapping into those emotions because and we think about emotions, we can go, no, we can feel good, happy, sad, mad. That's the spectrum of most people. And it's missing so many other emotions. Anxiety, depressed, tired, unease. It's missing those subtle, subtle ones. Yeah. And just heightening people level emotional intelligence way. Maybe you're not sad. Maybe you're feeling just insecure. Maybe you're not mad or tired. Maybe you're just anxious. It's, it's different verbal words we, we need to learn how to use to describe what we're feeling so we can better process it. Because let's imagine if I'm saying I'm sad, but I'm depressed, I'm really depressed. And you realize, hey, I've been in this state for a long time because you're really not sad. You're depressed. You're depressed about something. You should be able to, you should address it rather than saying, I'm sad. It's like, it's about identifying your emotions correctly so people can better help. You can better help yourself and you can see what's causing that. You're saying, I'm fine. I'm happy, but I don't feel fine. It's like, it's, you confuse, you're lying to yourself. Lying to yourself is never good. So that's what we're empathy to do. So constantly get you more comfortable with the relationship with your emotion. I love it. And if I've been listening to this right now and I want to keep in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? What's the best way to reach out and get a response? I mean, you are very open online, but I'm sure uh, you get a lot of messages. What type of outreach is going to elicit a response from you and where should people do that? You know what? I'm more Facebook because I think that's where the community is at. I'm more Facebook. I'll be on Facebook a lot. Zaya, Kenya, hopefully it'll, it'll be in the description somewhere if you copy and paste. LinkedIn updates, but more so me just expressing is probably Facebook as of right now. So that's where we go. I don't know if we'll make it into your 5,000 friends, but I'm sure we'll be able to find yes. you, refine yes. you. Yeah, no, if you go in the community, I'm very open. That's why I express myself a lot when in the community. So if you go to the community, you yes. will see a person who have real emotions, who go through the cycle of the emotions, because we both have this range, colorful spectrum of emotions. And you'll see me go through him a lot and say, oh, he's a human. He's not just a founder. He's a human. He's not just a CEO. He's a human. He's not just a creator of empathy. He's a human. I can identify with him. I get tired. I get stressed. I feel overwhelmed. I get exhausted. And I communicate that a lot. We want to talk about being open with emotional intelligence. The founder will have to kickstart that. You, you just can't expect people to do it. You have to be on the ground. You have to share your story. Yeah. You have to have to have a story. You can't be Mr. Perfect. Right. You just can't dock the field. People, oh, use these tools. They'll yeah. make you feel, no, you got to be, no, you got to. You're going to be in You there. have to be in there. You have to be in there because it builds a level of trust. It'd be, it'd be a level of oh, the creators in here. He's using it. Okay. I'll use it. He being open. Okay. I'll be open. So it's create that level of trust and also create that level of commitment to the cause and to the problem. And then they say, oh, I have this problem. Oh, it's just instead of just doing what most people do, they see, oh, mental health, people are struggling. Let me just create a product for it. But you can't even identify with your audience. I am my target audience. You use it. Yes, I am. That's what I'm saying. I use it. I, I created it for me at first. I just, then I just realized other people else have this problem as well. But I initially did it for me because I like to open up. I like to self-express. Empathy is not just a problem I'm solving. 
this is not just a pitch. This is not just a podcast that I'm doing. It's my real life problem. I want to give people the empathy and understanding that I never had. Look at you creating right here uh, in the recording. We traditionally have our guests leave us with the last word. So um, any parting thoughts you have for folks who are listening to this right now? I mean, we've had a phenomenal discussion and I've learned quite a bit on empathy myself and just how your your solution is, is being operationalized. Yeah. But any parting words for folks listening before we peace out of here? Don't be afraid to be yourself. There's a lot of equity in, in being yourself. More so than just yeah, a popular girlfriend. You mean like? Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Just be. It's, it's a lot of equity in being yourself because all the greatest people we look up to, we follow, whether it's influencers, celebrity, people we read about in history, there was there was never a version of anybody else. They was always themselves, and there's power in that. So the more you go to your your truer self, who you are, you will find your quote-unquote happy place brilliant well thank you so much for coming into the the detroit studio and until next time we bid you adieu thank you for joining this week's episode of diverse tech founders podcast i'm abraham j williamson and we had yet another great guest to pop in and if you enjoyed today's podcast recording please give us a rating you can do it right now on itunes or spotify or whatever and we'll see you next week